welcome to episode 12 of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast. This is the show where each week we read a stack of classic Moon Knight comics, then get together and talk about the characters, villains, and stories with an eye towards how these stories may connect to the Disney Plus Moon Knight show that debuts on March 30th. We'll also be discussing comic history, comic book reading, and other Moon Knight related news. My name is Dwayne, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Dan. Dan, welcome. Hey, Dwayne. Be a big we, week. Heading we've into got, episode 12. Yeah, we've got lots of lots of stuff to talk about. We're, we're getting close to the release of the Moon Knight TV show. Less than 10 days as you're hearing this. And we got some footage, some actual clips from the show. Early reviews have started to come out as well. Meanwhile, during our review of the Moon Knight history, we're going to be tangling with Moon Knight's going to be tangling with Norman Osborn's Thunderbolts. And you'll have to explain to me who they are here because that was new to me and tries to take a low key trip to Mexico and stars in his first holiday special. So we've got a lot in the comic book front to talk about, but. We got, we've got actual TV show footage that we can talk about this week. Multiple clips got released this week. I, I counted three of them on the Marvel YouTube. We have two 30-second spots. Uh, the first one is called Secret Agent. Uh, and then there was another one late in the week called Choice. And then we had a full one-minute TV spot uh, called... Or one-minute clip called Contact Lenses, which... Uh, was mm-hmm. him in the in the elevator with the old woman from the very first uh, trailer? What did you What did you think of those? Those were cool. I think I love the fact that what they're doing is taking sort of some of the footage we've already seen, and then just kind of expanding it out, showing us a little bit more. So they're not really giving away a lot more of the plot. No, but they're not. They're just kind of extending out where you get to see a little bit more of the scenes they've chosen to give us, and so. I think they're doing a good job of rolling it out. Again, you know, having not really watched this closely before, how kind of the Marvel machine works the the propaganda engine moving <laughs> up towards the release of these shows. Uh-huh. It's been really interesting now kind of reflecting on how they're doing this and, and the like. But also just the way that the footage as we start to see it, the, the way that they're doing it, uh, the cape this week, in at least one of those new ads, the way it, it really does look like a crescent. I think it's just going to be a beautiful visual. And the cape really is becoming almost like a character, sort of the same way that, that the cape in Doctor Strange did. And that was something I really enjoyed during Doctor Strange. I think I'm going to enjoy seeing the way that he uses the cape um, sort of in different ways. He used it as a shield and, and he's gliding with it and everything. So just a lot of things that that they're extending out, starting to show us a little bit of the mystery. We got to see a little bit of Egypt. Uh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. The the uh, parts where Stephen Grant is talking to his himself as mm-hmm. the reflection, he's like, am I a secret agent? Uh, in the first one, it's just... It's it's priceless. Because you, you literally see both of them. You see the actual character, and then you see the reflection character and like the mannerisms are different the talking is different everything is different and it's like it actually does feel like two separate people and you're thinking no wait this is the same guy and 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 so it really does kind of kind of divorce those two from each other uh and does it in a you know a way that it's visually obvious that you know this is two completely different personalities interacting with one another right there on the screen and so i I liked that and then the the creepiness factor of that hallway scene with the old woman and the fact that she thinks he's absolutely freaking nuts by the end of that of that was what was great i i just i really liked that i i think that's going to be a very interesting scene uh when when we see that so Highly recommend if you have not seen these spots. To we'll have the YouTube links in the show notes. You can go out, take a look at them. They will not take you long to get through them. But more often, more, more than likely, if you've been on social media, you've probably seen these because they're yep. they're promote they they're they're promoting the heck out of them. So 
Yep, they've done a great job as far as getting that out there and hopefully getting people interested. I also do think that tone-wise, it's going to be an interesting tightrope they're walking because there's, a, there's action and there's horror and there's also humor. And so they are really trying to sort of... Thread that needle, hit, yeah. Hit all of the sort of Marvel highlights that they like to get. Uh, but then also add in this sort of creepy horror sort of element that we really haven't seen much of uh, on the on the Marvel side yet, uh, and yeah. we'll we'll get a lot of that because Moon Knight comes out on the thirtieth, and then Morbius I think comes into theaters the day after. So the that, the Marvel Monsters right, universe yeah. is all just sort of dropping all at once on us, which is going to be going to be cool to see. Uh, we should note you should beware of spoilers because four of the six episodes from this uh, Moon Knight run have been released to critics and reviewers ahead of the March 30th release date. Uh, typically, that's more than they get, have been getting for some of the past series, leading some people to speculate why that may be, but uh, we don't know. Uh, as a result, though, we do know how long the run times are for the first four episodes. Uh, it's been reported that the first episode is has a 45-minute run time. The second and third episodes are 51 minutes. And then the fourth episode is actually 53 minutes. So it gets uh, a, little, a little bit longer as we get deeper in, into the story. So, um, yeah. So just beware of spoilers. There's lots of articles and things coming out now and you're you definitely want to be careful that you don't get something uh find out something you don't want to find out about ahead of time so yep. anything on the paper moon knight front the paper uh the comic portion uh not a whole lot this week the main thing just is that uh, jed mckay did actually take to social media and noted that uh, some people have been wondering about whether the series would sort of close up after 12 episodes, after 12 issues, which happens a lot with uh, current series, Marvel series these days. They have a certain run and then they reboot with another number one. And he did confirm that this one, the ongoing, has been successful. It's going to continue on. So there will be an issue 13 coming out directly after 12, which is great for those of us who don't love things always rebooting all the time. I'm perfectly perfectly happy with this plan sure so. sure and uh, yeah it does seem like the the current run is, is is definitely getting to be quite popular uh as i noted last week i was having trouble finding the february issue issue eight and so i still do not have it yet but uh yeah it'll be it'll be nice to to see that story continue and we'll be talking about uh that current run of comics uh in the in the weeks ahead but Let's, let's jump in and let's talk about what is in the stack for this week that we're we're going to be covering. Sure. Um, this week we are finishing up Moon Knight Volume 5, the run that started with uh, Houston and Finch last week. Now we're going to be going through numbers 14 through 30 and the first annual, which is a pretty decent run of books. So we got quite a few to go through. Um, and then also we're going to take a look at Silent Night number one, which was just a, a one-shot that came out just sort of for the fun of it. So a lot of stuff, a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, I suspect you'll have some opinions on some of those things. <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I'm, well, we're, we'll get into it, but I, I have not been a fan <laughs> of the, the constant changing of uh, creative teams and... Uh, Definitely was sad to see kind of Houston and um, Finch move on from 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 this volume. So why don't why don't you start up? I let's go through the the first. Uh, I I guess it's issue issues fourteen to nineteen. The first story post uh, uh, Charlie Houston. Yep. Modern modern comics they call these arcs essentially because it, it's what ends up getting collected into a trade paperback after right. it's done, and that's also why almost all of these stories now end up being about five issues is because five to six issues is what they can collect easily into a trade and sell it for like 15 to 20 bucks after it's done. So this one essentially, uh, again, it's numbers 14 through 19. And Iron Man is in charge of sort of the, uh, you know, the government response to some of the, the superheroes and the registration and all that. 
And he starts wondering how in the world Moon Knight ever got a registration card. Which we know that he did it by essentially terrorizing his psychologist a few in, uh, few episodes ago, a few, few issues ago. But he's now done some particularly violent things again. And one of the encounters was caught on tape and made public. Uh, after this, then Carson Knowles, the Black Spectre, villain who's been around for a long time and is now back out of jail, makes things worse by actually murdering his admittedly terrible parole officer and then framing Moon Knight for the killing uh, by making it look like he's the one that actually uh, took him out. Stark then actually goes in looking, starts wondering, well, let's go and find out what happened here, tries to talk to the psychologist and finds out that he's hung himself once he finds out they're coming to talk to him about the fact that he gave this card to Moon Knight. So, not, that, not a good luck there, not a good no. luck. <laughs> uh, so, at the, at the same time, though, Black Spectre's actually managed to get access to some Stark mind control nanobots. The plans to use at a big rally Iron Man's having to sort of celebrate S.H.I.E.L.D. and registration and all that. Uh, Moon Knight breaks it up and in the process ends up throwing Black Spectre off a building directly into a crowd, basically into like a spotlight, as Iron Man's having his big celebration. Now, Spectre was just a minute away from like activating his nanobots and turning everyone, including all these you know, lovely little children in the crowd, into a bunch of killers at his, at his service. But Iron Man doesn't know that. No one knows no. that. Only Moon Knight knows that. So he saved the day. No one thanks him for it, and he's heading off into hiding to try and keep Iron Man from finding him. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I, Iron Man's pretty upset by the, this turn of events and is like, we need to find this guy. And so, yeah, he ends up going into the into the sewers at the end of uh, end of this uh, issue. And uh, this was this was a crazy story. I, I have to say that it just, um, but like felt like a good continuation of the story that we had kind of let had led up to this point right it just it it, it felt like while it was kind of its own separate arc it did feel like a very smooth continuation of uh, of at least book 13 and 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 probably the you know the the few issues prior to that um and that makes perfect sense because Mike Benson has taken over on the script. We're transitioning to him, but the plot is still a Charlie Houston plot. So he's actually essentially managing that transition by taking taking sort of the things he's been doing, dropping all those plot points off for Benson, and then he can extend on them and continue through what he can while sort of also getting all of the Civil War stuff they want to do folded into it as well. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that because they're both listed as kind of the writers on this. And, and so I was wondering how that worked out. But that, that makes total sense. And you never know exactly how much of it is continued over and how much of it is new or exactly why it is that Benson left. But, uh, but yeah, they are both involved at a certain level. And that does mean that it, it feels pretty good. Um, there's also a few things continuing, like Spectre continuing to essentially alienate almost everybody in his circle. He he got a, a little bit extra violent while he was working a uh, punching bag while Rob was holding it and managed to just about break the nose of Jean-Paul's boyfriend, which didn't exactly go over well. And yeah. then Marlene caught him hanging out at the house. For <sighs> some reason, he's, he's stored away Bushman's face, the one that he tore off, and he was trying it on in the mirror, just sort of putting it over his face. And Marlene watched, walks in, and she did. She did not understand. Uh, I don't know how I anyone think, would, but I, I she, think very she did people... not understand, and and left pretty immediately at that point. So well, yeah, because she came over, they kind of had like words, and then she left. He then goes into like the bathroom and like puts this mask on while talking to, you know, the faceless Bushman that he has been talking to this entire run so far. And then she comes back, sees this and is like, oh, my God. And you're just like, oh, God. Oh, gosh. There's um, times you can argue whether 
Mark Spector is crazy or if he's, you know, just sort of dedicated to what he does. It's hard to really That's... understand this particular scene as, as anything particularly well balanced. So that was that was unfortunate. Um, overall, though, these were these were really interesting issues in that they brought, they keep bringing back old villains. So Black Spectre, he's from the original run. I, so I actually really like have liked the Black Spectre, and I even spelled it wrong. I guess in the notes I have it as the Mark Spectre. So regardless but uh I, I i felt like that was a good villain that we've mm-hmm. seen as you as you've noted we've seen uh black specter a number of times before i'm not entirely sure this was the best use of him uh like or this was the best arc that he was involved with i i feel like the character definitely felt more deranged and kind of crazy and less like it, it seemed like previously he was more like straight thinking and it's like I want to take over and, and become mayor and I want to run things and I do things my way and I want to get back at people he just seemed kind of crazy yeah. in this in this story and so I'm not entirely sure like I, I'm not sure this was the best look as far as the, this particular villain um, with we also you know we, we talked about how this is kind of a, in, in some ways, a love letter to the original Moon Knight series by Mention Sienkiewicz from, uh, you know, from, from this team and the like. But it's interesting that Houston now either wrote or plotted all of these issues leading up to this. And in the first, like, 19 issues, he has killed Bushman, killed Nightmare, or, uh, or killed Midnight, and killed Black Spectre. So he's, he's <laughs> flat out murdered three of the rogues gallery that were prominent members of the original series. Just one after another, like every five issues. So that's a little interesting. I did notice a slight change in the artwork. Uh, you know, you mentioned we have a different uh, artist for, for these books. Um, I want to point out specifically book 19 because I went back and I looked through that book again and mm-hmm. the art in here in this particular book to me looked so rich it almost looked like oil paintings the panels looked just amazing to me and and like I I just thought it was really cool that it still felt like the rest of the volume like we're there there's a bigger departure art wise later on in this volume that we're going to get to but i felt like book 19 looked stylistically different than what we had seen so far and looked great but still looked kind of in the same theme that we had seen to this point it didn't seem that different and and i and i really liked it and it just um would would note that if you get a chance and can look at that, I, I would definitely look at that because I, I think it stands out. Very cool. So, as a note, when you look at the actual arc, the whole thing theoretically is done by Mark Teixeira, who's labeled as artist on them, Javier Saltera, who's the layouts, and then Dan Brown is listed as a colorist. The one difference is that when you, and that's inside in the actual title pages, What's interesting is that when you look at Marvel Unlimited in the the interior details, it actually shows Arthur uh, Sidum, who's the one who's been the cover artist on all of these, and is famous for doing a lot of uh, very, very sort of rich, kind of crazy paintings for the, the Marvel Zombies line and the like. But he's a really, really talented painter. He's listed as being a penciler and colorist on 19 and isn't on the other ones. So it's very possible that what you're seeing is that Seidenham was sort of a semi-uncredited assist on either the colors or the art on that. And that's what would would help to make that a little different. But I I can see what you mean, though. Uh, It's not by any means as different as if you look at his his covers, uh, what his art normally looks like. But yeah, there are times where you can see especially on the colors that it it's a lot more sort of defined 
in yeah, his near office. the end where <laughs> where you have Moon Knight and Black Spectre kind of talking to each other and going at it uh, on the rooftop before he before he unceremoniously throws him off. Yep. Uh, it, I was just. It was just something I noticed when I went back through and was reviewing books before the before the recording, and and it, it it looks great to me. There you go. So one other question: Do you remember by any chance Mark Teixeira was the as the penciler on these? Do you remember him from any of our previous art? Did you recognize his art, or not? He he was in one of the six six books arcs that we did last week, right? Yep, yep. He has previously been. I mean, he's he's done a ton of different things. But he's previously been on Moon Knight, uh, I believe, on Volume Four. So yeah. he did he did that four issue series, and so depending on um, you know, he, it looks a little different here. Partly again because the coloring's changed, and so you're getting that better paper, better colors. Um, but but it really looks good. So yeah. I've always liked Picture as art, and I think he did a nice job of sort of following up the Finch run and keeping things consistent and and really kind of moving along and dan brown on colors as well really good work let's let's move on and talk about moon knight number 20 because that that was kind of a solo book that was right in the middle as we as we you know we finished one story arc and before before another story arc started we had a single issue there was a flashback to 1994 and moon knight must help the werewolf by night escape uh, from an illicit fight club where the proprietors are using Jack Russell's blood to turn other prisoners into werewolves and then having them fight to the death for the entertainment of a crowd. Uh, Spectre infiltrates the, cl- the club with Marlene and lets the werewolf out. Really bad things happen. Lots of werewolf things. And uh, yeah. There's much there's, blood. There's, there's lot- much carnage. Exactly. Yes. Yes, uh, super size book too. 36, 36 pages uh, for this book as well. Um, uh, was was really something. I, I actually liked it, and about about that time, I actually was out reading, and I saw one of the clips uh, from the TV show, and was it was noted that there's there's going to be a Werewolf by Night special coming out. Yep. Uh, this fall on Disney Plus. Yep. Which is which I, I didn't realize before now, but I'm like, yeah, I'm totally on board because we've we've actually seen a, a, a fair amount of Jack Russell through through our uh, time reading the the Moon Knight comics, and um, yeah, the, this was this was a solidly good story. It pretty graphic. It was lots of, lots of carnage, as as you mentioned, um, and uh, I I actually kind of liked this story. This was pretty good. Yep. And I, I think it's it's very reasonable to think that uh, if things are going well for the Moon Knight series that we may see uh, at least a cameo in that from Moon Knight because the two the two characters have crossed over a lot and it would make it would make good sense. So but this was this was fun. I mean it, it again it's it's weird because it's a flashback to 94. It's a story that completely does not exist anywhere in the current run. They just sort of dropped uh-huh. it in. But what's weird is that it was done by Benson, and the art was actually done by Mike Diodato Jr., who is a really talented artist. Um, and so you kind of, at that point, you know, it doesn't really look like it's just a fill-in book because you've got the regular artist and the like. I think maybe they just ended up needing to have a little bit more time on art or something like that, and so they decided that it was, it was going to be in their best interest to, to drop in this sort of just standalone story to make a little bit of room. But I, I enjoyed it. I One thing I will note in, I, it, when I was looking through this issue is we see Gina's restaurant and we see Ricky and Ray fighting. And knowing that, uh, you know, one of them dies and i'm trying to remember it's which ricky which dies. one is raise the ricky one flies dies. the flies the copter raise the one that flies the copper copter yes okay I, I i didn't remember which one but you're like you see him fighting and you see gina like 
oh come on your brothers you know you gotta you gotta make up you can't be fighting like this that sort of thing it was just it, it's a small thing in the span of this book but it was just one of those things where it's like oh man yep <laughs> it just it felt bad it just it, it felt rough seeing that and and knowing knowing kind of what was to come and and and, and that yeah, it, it's little it's little things like that that I really I really do like though from the standpoint of it 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 rewards you I guess for for having read the other books and and knowing what's going on and and that sort of thing and it makes it makes it feel even more um real I guess to me. Yep. That makes sense. And that is I mean really when you start looking at folks who've been been reading comics for a long time and get sort of wrapped up in the continuity and everything. This is sort of one of the things that, you know, the the Easter eggs, that, that ability to sort of get a little bit more out of the story or feel you're getting more out of the story than maybe somebody who's just dumping, jumping into it because you've, you know, put in all that time is kind of cool. Right. So, yeah. You know. I, I don't think that there we need to spend too much more time on this. The, I, 21 to 25, though, the next the next story arc i think probably is pretty important i'm gonna i'm going to guess and and uh why don't, why don't you tell us about that it's definitely important to sort of moonlight's arc at this point right so so he's been able to evade iron man's efforts to bring him bring him in find him uh and at a certain point that becomes an embarrassment for the government resulting in norman osborne and his thunderbolts getting the call from the commission on superhero activities they're asked to bring Moon Knight in. Iron Man is trying to bring him in, you know, in, in traditional ways, like arrest him. Whereas the Thunderbolts are more like a team of punishers in a certain way, where they're not going to guarantee that he's going to come in alive, but they're going to bring him in. Um, they set a trap for Moon Knight using the Waihus that we saw a while ago, the look, guys who look like a gang from Clockwork Orange sort of thing, right? Uh, to attack John Paul and Rob, they go into the restaurant, break up the restaurant, uh, hurt Rob really badly. He's in the hospital, and John Paul then goes out, grabs himself a bat, goes in and just starts wailing on them. But there's a bunch of them. Fight starts to turn. Moon Knight comes in through the window, helps to save the day a bit. And then because of that, though, um, the Thunderbolts are actually in... in Venom are able to find him. They start having a fight, and Moon Knight does eventually get away, makes the Thunderbolts look bad. After a couple times of this, Norman Osborn decides to bring out his heavy hitter, and he calls in Bullseye, who then wants to sort of do this one-on-one -on -one against Spectre and get him to show him what he can do. He's like, you know, I've, I've heard so much about you. I want to see that Moon Knight, the one that rips faces off people. I want to see the killer, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. And so they have they have quite a fight, and during which Bullseye is complaining about Daredevil and all the other villains and everything else or heroes, and Moon Knight eventually then lures Bullseye back into his cave through sort of that secret underwater entrance that he used to use to to come up into his bedroom and the like. But this one goes into the actual Moon Cave essentially, which he then blows up the entire facility, hoping to take Bullseye with him, while diving down through a, a sort of another hole on the other side. It looks like he's died. Bullseye barely gets away, reports back to Osborne that Moon Knight's no longer a problem. He's been killed. And we then cut to a couple other pages where Jean-Paul's talking to Merlene. He's like, yep, just remember, Mark Spector is dead, but Jake Lockley's not. And then they sort of, yeah... Have this this little post postlude page postlude page where he's hanging out in a bar down in Mexico, kind of in hiding under a new identity. So yeah, this. So so I I will tell you I don't know much about the Thunderbolts. Um, this was the first and and like the Norman Osborn that I'm aware of is from the Spider Man. Same uh, same guy, just as often. I, 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 I figure I figured it's the same guy. He just um, 
I didn't realize his involvement with this like other team of of villain or like are they hero like police or kind of exactly are the thunderbolts so i will note that i hated civil war and i hated pretty much all of the stuff that went on iron man was one of my favorite characters for decades i can't stand tony stark during this era of comics and so i i didn't read a lot of these i'm also not a big fan of the thunderbolts and the like but they're sort of like a Suicide Squad. They're sort of like any of these teams primarily made up of villains who've now been given essentially license by the government to go out and sort of, in many cases, hunt down heroes or to perform other sort of jobs that other people don't want or, or are unwilling to do. And some of them are among the worst. Like, you know, Venom, he's, he's not a good guy. But Bullseye is just quite possibly one of the more evil people in the entire Marvel Universe. And giving giving him okay. a license to go out and do things is just not a good idea. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting situation. And obviously Osborn himself is power-hungry and crazy and extremely dangerous. So, it's all bad. It was an it was an interesting uh, interesting series. We'll just call it that and go for it. So, um, but but that wasn't actually all of Moon Knight Volume Five. We still had one more story arc, and it it was the the story arc when he was in Mexico, and so after staging his death in new york he resurfaces in mexico going by the the name jake lockley he's hired by a local land baron gilberto alcantara to rescue his daughter who has been kidnapped and taken to a federale prison uh, with the help of co a couple of alcantara's men lockley frees frees his daughter carmen who we actually find out after the fact was being held in this prison in protective custody as she was sharing information about Alcantara's drug business with the USDEA. Uh, Alcantara's men attempt to kill Lockley and Carmen, but are mysteriously gunned down, and, and uh, that allows Lockley and Carmen to escape. Alcantara gets upset by this and hires these luchador hitmen known as the Zapata brothers to bring them in. Uh, they, they find and fight Lockley and Carmen, but Lockley and Carmen get away. Uh, they report back to Alcantara, who's upset about the fact that he gets away, they get away again, and attempts to have the Zapata brothers killed, only to have his men killed instead. <laughs> uh, they offer, they, they're like, you know, listen, we'll, we're, we're 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 got we're men of our word. We'll bring in Lockley and Carmen, and we're gonna take out this phantom hitman that seems to be going around killing a lot of Alcantara's men as well. Uh, it is at this point that the brothers then decide that they're gonna double cross Alcantara. A lot of double crossing going on here. It seems uh, they the Zapata brothers end up saving Carmen from some of Alcantara's other men who happen upon her as she attempts to leave town without Jake Lockley. Lockley now is dressing as Moon Knight and talks to the Zabrata brothers and asks them to watch Carmen while he takes out Alcantara. Moon Knight goes to the compound where Alcantara is, only to find that most, if not almost all of his men have been killed by this phantom. Um, the exceptions we find out are Frank Castle, uh, that's right. The Punisher is there. He's in town. He's been uh, he's been going after some of Alcantara's men as well. Though he is not the Phantom, he doesn't take credit for all this work done. But Alcantara is still alive, and they Moon Knight confronts him in his office, and it's at that point we run face to face with this Phantom, and Alcantara asks, orders, begs Moon Knight to take out this Phantom. Um, Moon Knight just sort of walks out and lets the Phantom kill Alcantara and goes outside and sees that Carmen and the Zapata brothers are there and they, they're stealing Alcantara's money from this underground storage area. And that's, 
that that's the story it, it's it's actually it, it's actually quite something it, it's uh you know i wouldn't say it's like the most original story it felt 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 pretty pretty uh pretty standard fare um but but it, but it was okay uh i i like the zaprata brothers actually i think that they're the best part of this arc i would agree i so i really liked this this run actually i thought it was really? a lot of fun i actually loved the art which i don't know if that's your experience on this no we're we're gonna i want to talk about the but, art but i i but. thought that it was it was a lot of fun it was a kind of adventure there were a lot of twists and turns and the like it was a little bit formulaic probably but every once in a while you just kind of need something like this this was really exceptional comic book fare right and i like the i like the way that jake lockley's character was used in this the way that moon knight uh worked i did find it odd that at a certain point he's in hiding and decides to put on the moon knight costume which what's the use of having kind of all this time <laughs> down in mexico hiding if you're just going to put on a universally recognizable costume and wander around uh -huh. but overall these were these were a great way i think to end the series and that they were just kind of a fun upbeat really well-made story so so is that phantom that we see at the end of this book is actually on the cover of book 30 as well as we see see him up close there at the end is this a villain or some other character that i should know from something else yeah so the character they call him the essentially the the phantom or the toltec and he's kind of a vigilante he's kind of maybe a demigod or something we really don't know and it's not explained and i don't know of any other appearances of this character so he's okay. in these and he's obviously bad news because he goes around murdering and eating a bunch of sort of like gangsters it does, it does sort of look yeah, that way he's, yeah. a, he's at least you know catching a little bit of a, a a snack here and there while he's while he's murdering all these people so definitely a, a bad a bad fellow he took out pretty much the entire compound and yeah then the punisher sort of wandered in afterwards and just hung out and and had a drink <laughs> while, yeah, it's like... while all these people are laying there dead so yeah, so like, if it wasn't bad enough for Alcantara that this phantom is there, you also have the Punisher, and basically they're like, it's like, how how many people can I have going after me and my gang at this point? Because <laughs> now I've got Moon Knight in, on on top of it, so it's just bad bad news for 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 that particular person. Yeah. He deserved um, it. It's okay. So there we go. So so we do we do see that. Lockley, I guess, is still talking to Khonshu throughout all of this, though it is not the faceless Bushman nope. as it has been kind of to this point uh, in the series. Instead, uh, Khonshu seems to be talking back to him as the worm in the tequila bottles that he's drinking. Nope. Or there was uh, at the beginning of, I think it was book 28, uh, there's this spider that's hanging from the ceiling and uh he's he's talking to the spider and the spider is is Kanchu. so so that so that was kind of interesting that they they kept that thread but they didn't you know there's there wasn't this physic this manifestation of the faceless bushman that was that was continued through this yep. but the the you, you talked about the art the art style in this i feel like is a huge departure from what we had seen to this point and i don't i don't want to I, I don't want to suggest that it's bad i just i just i did not like it as much as i had liked the art up until this point and it was a significant departure from from the look and feel i feel like of the art to this point be the the story arcs to this point all felt very similar with a certain look and feel to them but this felt quite a bit different and uh, and i'm it is quite a bit different you're 100 percent correct 
and it probably is a little bit of an acquired taste, but I'm a huge fan of a guy named Eduardo Rizzo, who was the artist on one of my favorite books of the, of the last decade or two called 100 Bullets. He's done a lot of other great stuff too. And his art style is far sort of blockier and a little bit more um, sort of like impressionistic. It also uses massive sort of areas of black and shadow and stuff like that. And it's a lot more moody instead of being sort of photorealistic. This is kind of like that in some ways. There's a lot of, of scenes where you've got panels that are sort of layered on top of other panels. You've got a lot of scenes where sort of instead of a lot of detail, you just have dark areas that go over faces or, or backgrounds and the like. And things are sort of just um, almost implied in some of the, the scenery and even some of the figures. So it is, it is very different. I happen to really like it, but I understand entirely that it it might be it just it breaks it breaks immersion for me. Like it, it felt like I had this great run that I really liked, and there was characters, and it was look, and all this, and it just on a dime felt like it changed. I I and... cannot imagine the the Zabata brothers and that part of the arc and everything done by a different artist at this point. I think he just absolutely nailed that. Um, there's a there's a lot of humor in this one and a lot of just sort uh -huh. of attitude. And it is very it, different, this, but it is, it is really good. I, I will say this. From the standpoint of this particular arc, if there was, if they wanted to make a TV show out of this arc, just the humor with the Zapata brothers and like, you know, the villain and just like, just the story. I think you could actually make a really good Marvel story, whether it be a movie or whether it be a, 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 a limited event, they could make this story, this arc and make it really good because it does, it lends itself out to some really good humor. You've got a lot of action in here. You've got, you know, it just it it just would it would really fit I think, but at the same time it just like, man I was so excited and I so loved what I was seeing and reading and feeling about the first specifically the first thirteen books, but even it did sort of extend through to book twenty five and then just he fakes his own death, ends up in Mexico. And suddenly doesn't even look like the same human being. That uh, We've talked about the fact that I feel like at times the different artists make Mark Spector look completely different than the guy before the, the guy I just saw in like the last book. And again, the Mark Spector in this book looks nothing like any of the other Mark Spectors that I've seen to this point in any of the runs. And it just... Oh, it just, it really bothered me, I think. I, I look i look forward to you reading the uh, the the Devil's Reign special that just came out, actually. Because that's actually got, like, manga Mark Specter, essentially. It's, that looks completely different, so you'll, you'll love that one, Dwayne. Uh, uh, but uh, but it, is, it is weird because there are some characters in comics, like Superman... Uh, or Batman, or really Spider-Man, yeah. where there are yeah. almost like an established book on this is how this character needs to look. And Moon Knight has always been a guy who has sort of hung out in the B-hero range to where he's never really been anything more than sort of semi-ill-defined, brown-haired, you know, athletic dude. And so... It really does, I think, change in in many cases. You know, Mark Spector, to me, looks like the Bill Sienkiewicz version. But keep in mind that in those books, he was Jake Lockley, and he was Stephen Grant, and he was, you know, he, he looked different every time he did it. So Spector looked different enough there that there's really never been a great look established for just what Mark Spector looks like, what Moon Knight under the lid looks like. I think you've hit on the uh, on the I think the part that I have or the problem I'm having I the 
before going into this uh, series and reading these books, I the, the 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 characters that I knew of the the Batman, the Spider Man, Superman, they do have a a a certain look, and it it seemed like no matter what book you would pick up with them in them, it would always you you'd always recognize who it was right right then and there. I literally could not have picked Spectre out of a lineup in this in this series. And and it just it it bothered me. I like I think I think what I think gets me is like I was I was thinking about this and it, to me there's like three parts of a comic book. You have like the character and and I'm not talking about just the villain or just the hero. I'm talking about the villains. I'm talking about the 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 like the people they interact with on a daily basis. So the inner circle of Moon Knight would be would would fit into this. You have like the the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like what what are what stories are you trying to tell me? Like how are these people interacting? What it, what's going on? That sort of thing. And then you have the look and like. The thing that I liked about the beginning of Volume 5 is all three of those things just hit the right note with me. And and like I really really liked them. I felt like the the look was great. I felt like the stories they were telling me were really interesting, if not a bit graphic, but they were still just I I, I liked where the starting point that they had picked and I liked the stories that they were telling once they got there. And then like visually they were stunning they were absolutely the most stunning books i've ever yep. seen and yes my 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 stuff my in your my, two months of my, comic uh, reading yes yes <laughs> yes, but, yes yes my 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 encyclopedia is not very big as far as look but i just and, and so like we we did get notice at the end of 13 that that there was going to be a new creative team and and like I've had to deal with different creative teams throughout all of this. They keep they keep changing it, and I I wish we kept the same people for longer than it seems like we've gotten to keep people. Yes, like you know you have it. I think Mentions and Kevich I think have had the longest run as far as uh, you know artist and writer, but they you know they were kind of the original originals so i guess i would expect that but it feels like ever since they left it just feels like a a, a revolving door almost and i feel like i would have liked to have seen more consistency there but may, maybe that's not maybe that's unrealistic you and you and every person who read these books would have loved to have seen 30 issues by houston and finch probably right yeah um the problem we get is that those guys they generally end up being sort of brought in almost like, you know, the the specialist who comes in and, and lays down this new direction for something or gives a revitalization. Very rarely do they stay for a long time. And I'm not saying that's good. It's unfortunate, but it's kind of the way it goes, especially in recent years. We get like six to 12 issues from a creative team and then they move on and someone else comes in and does their take on it. And the other thing that is starting to to cause problems in terms of what you're looking at, which is sort of wanting that consistency, is that more and more of these creative teams are brought on with the idea of actually making something that sort of is new and different and that sort of reflects their style and their tastes and the kind of storytelling they're doing, right? So when you get Brian Michael Bendis come on, he's going to do Brian Michael Bendis stories using Moon Knight. And if you like Bendis, you're going to love these stories. And if you don't like Bendis, you're going to continue to not like the stories, whether it's <laughs> Avengers he's writing or whether it's Powers he's writing or whether it's Moon Knight he's writing. Because the the creators these days more and more sort of are allowing their, or are, are allowed to let their styles sort of be reflected and, and change the book. So you're going to see, oh, it's, it, it frightens me to think of, we've got, you know, Lemire Smallwood coming. We've got, 
all these different people whose styles are just radically different. I, I'm a, I'm afraid you, you're you're in for a traumatic so, few so, weeks, Dwayne. That's that's all I, I can I guess, say. I guess. I guess to me, it wouldn't have felt like as big a shift if if that would have been its own book. like separate book series or run, because I almost have now gotten to the point where I expect a different look, a different story yep. feel, a different. But the fact that this was kind of this was a part of a what I feel like was an established volume of books, and then to just have this last arc that felt so much different than everything else, it just it 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 was difficult for me to. It would have been it would have been very easy for those last five or six books, the Mexico story, to simply be a separate miniseries, like it would have been its own standalone. Well, f- thank you for uh, allowing me to get on my soapbox for a little bit to talking talking about the creative teams there and and this and and as I said, I I, I don't want to suggest that this is bad art. It just it just it it just felt and looked di- so different that it just kind of broke the. It, it it felt like it severed the the book from the rest of the run and. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the run to end necessarily yep. like that. But as a note, by the way, why don't what, the art we've been talking okay. about is by Jeff DiPaolo, who's a, a really good artist. He hasn't done as much comic art as some of those folks. He does covers and stuff like that. Um, but if you are looking to see what is the art that's driving Dwayne up the wall, uh, <laughs> Jeff DiPaolo is the guy is the guy you're looking to and uh, see if you can pick out, out who. My- who Jake Jake Lockley actually is in these books? Because when you did this, I will note that I went back to Moon Knight number twenty six, and it's got Punisher on the cover and Moon Knight on the cover. And then when you open up the book, for the first like three or four pages, you would not know whether it's Punisher or Moon Knight. That's the character that's wandering around, you know, with his with his bottle and his bullet wounds. Anyway. Why don't, you, why don't you tell us about the annual number Bring it on. So the annual is kind of a, a uh, distraction. It's a digression from what it, um, we'd seen before, which annuals normally are. The idea is that an annual is something you can buy if you want to get more stories from the character, but in a perfect world, you don't have to buy it, and you can still follow the story along. So they didn't always follow that rule, but a, an annual generally is not going to be part of the main story arc. And in this case, it is a standalone as well. In this one, three women reveal terrible stories of being drugged, raped, and beaten by what appears to be the same guy, although they don't actually know it yet, uh, while they're at a support group meeting. So in this story, essentially, we have Moon Knight saving a woman who ends up not realizing just how close she came to having a bad experience, uh, and then another woman who was assaulted taking vengeance as a nurse by uh, by killing the, the assailant in the hospital. Kind of a dark story. It it's is. Not actually kind of, it, not it, kind it, of a dark, let me it, modify it, no, that, yeah, it's a dark it, story. It, it, yeah, right? it is a dark story. But, like, an interesting story in that it, it's got that, like, multiple perspectives look. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, it's kind of a little bit different story, there is some, like, interwovenness of this in that like the third woman actually sees the first woman though i don't i guess they don't recognize each other in the support group so what did you think of the art in this one uh i mean it's it definitely it's similar to that that ending arc uh look that last set and it's you've got a good eye by the way because it's the same guy it is yeah. actually the same guy doing it, but it looks a lot different yeah. to me it, because of the does. because of the different setting and the way that it's uh, just the story having a very different feel. His art looks a lot different in this one than the previous one. So there are there are distinctions. It might also just be he was pretty young at this point in terms of just kind of starting, so he might just be kind of evolving as an artist between the two. So there's a little bit of difference in his style as well. But then we have we have one more book. We have Silent Night, uh, the holiday special book, which uh, 
was actually was was actually quite good. I I, I liked this book. Moon Knight goes after two guys uh, by the name of Chase and Donovan Divine, excuse me, uh, who have killed a department store Santa Claus, and you know Moon Knight goes after him Mar- while Mark Spector is supposed to be having dinner with Marlene. So we see Marlene getting the dinner ready and all this. Moon Knight pursues them, gets chase and puts him through the the pair's car windshield while divine runs away divine finds a couple on the street and demands their keys when the guy refuses to give them uh, he ends up killing the guy and taking the keys anyway and steals their car moon knight ends up leaping on top of the roof of the car and pulls divine out through the car uh through the driver's window and then starts beating on him uh, the next time we see Spectre, he's arriving late to the dinner, as as he typically does when it when it involves meeting with Marlene. Uh, they talk for a bit, where Spectre lies about where he's been and why he's bleeding. Uh, instead of having that dinner, the couple then just gets intimate uh, before Spectre leaves, dashing hopes that Marlene Marlene has had that because of the holidays and stuff uh, that Spectre might be willing to change and they could become this happy couple in the country that she's always wanted them to be. So that was, that, that was Silent Night. This was, this was a hard, kind of a, kind of a rough book insofar as like, I'm, I, I'm feeling worse and worse or i feel more and more bad for marlene as we've gone as we're going through this books of all the stuff that she is having to deal with when it comes to being with mark specter he 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 is he is terrible yep (laughs) to her i mean he's terrible to everyone but uh that's hardly a defense it just means that yeah it's uh she definitely needs to kind of get away from him which which she keeps trying to do and then ends up back so it's unfortunate that way but yeah it's this is this is classic moon knight in terms of so we have a christmas story and santa lasts all of two or three panels before he's dispatched yep which is which is yeah that's dark and and overall just you know you see you see moon knight also kind of still fighting that battle of what level of violence is appropriate? You know, how much do you hurt them? If at a certain point he's got Khonshu next to him going, you know, after the the guy is killed with his wife standing next to him there, he's like, you know, if, if you'd have taken care of this guy instead of letting him get away, this this guy would still be alive and enjoying his holidays instead of, instead of dead. Right. And so he still continues to have that sort of internal fight with himself. Yeah, the the art in this was was pretty good too. I, it it again, I think it felt a little bit more like the annual and like that last uh, f- five book uh, story arc from volume five. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like it 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 felt fine here. Like I, I was I I was kind of used to it by this point because I had seen <laughs> seen it in the annual and and before, but. No. Um, yeah, and it's always interesting. Like you know, there's been some questions on Twitter about exactly how much the the TV show is going to acknowledge um, Spectre's Jewish heritage and and things like that. So the fact that Marvel's doing a Christmas special with with Mark Specter, Moon Knight is always interesting as well. But that's uh... <laughs> I, I had not even considered that as as a bit of a, a bit of an no issue. Real, there's no real mention one way or another of of his religion or anything like that but it's it is still just kind of anyhow um that's our stack for this week though where do these like the the last part of volume five rate as far as sort of like what what is your favorite let's put it this way what's your favorite moon knight series at this point having been through 2006 2007 now uh Volume five, one through thirteen, is, is my that has taken taken point. that it that has taken the lead, right. and this this set here I think is probably fifth or you know somewhere between like the fourth and sixth or seventh yeah. um, 
set of books that we've read. Um, It's, I I think, I think like the original Hulk stuff is, is a little bit better than this, but this is still very solid. And I still liked the look for a lot of this. And um, so it's, 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 it's up there. It's just not uh, at the top. I still probably have a tough time replacing the, the Minch Sienkiewicz stuff as my favorites, just because I grew up with them. But mm-hmm. there's no question that this is definitely the, uh, in, in my opinion, these are the best books we've seen since Sienkiewicz left, essentially. Since Moon Knight number 30, that, this is, our, this is yeah. our highest point, is the first, especially first six or seven issues of this one, where you've got Finch and you've got, um, and you've got Houston. So, good stuff. So, what are the important reads? Uh, great reads or important stories from from this set of books that we read this week? So, my favorites are the ones you probably wouldn't recommend, which are the last ones. <laughs> I like the Mexico story, yeah. like twenty six through thirty or whatever. Uh-huh. That's really the only one I would say is really a recommended read. Most of the rest of them are either relatively knee deep in. The, the greater Marvel universe with all the Civil War stuff and the like, or our standalone stories that they've got some interesting stuff in them, but they don't really add to the overall mythology or drive the story or the, the character forward to where you'd necessarily need to, to read them. So I'm going to respectfully disagree on Silent Night. And insofar as I think that I think the story was good and it also sort of just kind of captures the the specter marlene relationship in a in a way that sort of like i feel like it 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 shows it's a microcosm i guess of why marlene keeps coming back to mark specter you know the rationale behind keeping going back maybe he'll change maybe he'll change maybe this time things will be different and like it also shows that like Spectre, I think, is aware of this, and it, I, 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 I want to believe, if no other, if for no other reason, that he actually does sort of want to be a better to her, but ends up kind of getting in his own way, in so far as like he puts the Moon Knight costume on, and suddenly just things that should be important to him suddenly aren't important to him and and so like if you're if you're reading all these books and you see marlene time and again go back to mark specter i i feel like the context of that story and and the thought process and seeing the panels where 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 they're you know opening this like little store in the country and working together every day you know it, it would on a larger scale makes makes some more sense as to why why she stays in this relationship uh, i i can i can get that i think i think your analysis that he gets in his own way is an astonishingly generous analysis of, of <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, behavior yeah. but uh, but yes i i would i would cede those points so uh thoughts on any of this stuff being in the the tv show i don't think so uh, again, like you said, I think especially that last arc would make a really cool Moon Knight movie or a Moon Knight, you know, series for series two, uh, if they get you know, season two going or something like that. But I, I don't know that that would be something that would happen. Most of the rest of it, uh, you know, the time is past, especially in the MCU, because Civil War has already been done. And so they're probably not going to be rehashing a lot of this, uh, I think. Most of the rest of it, we're probably not going to need to to worry about as far as seeing it in the the TV show. Right, yeah, I I definitely agree there. Uh, before we wrap things up, I want to talk about we did a poll question this last week, and we asked you for your thoughts on how we should handle the Moon Knight TV show, on whether or not it should be a separate episode or tie it into our weekly episode. I appreciate all of you that uh, took time and voted in our poll or, or messaged us. Um, looks like Friday night or Friday release of a separate episode for the TV show. It was the was the suggestion was the winning choice mm-hmm. uh, of the options that we gave. 
And um, in talking it over with Dan, I think that's what we're going to try and do. So um, we're going to try recording, um, you know, like on Thursday and then releasing it on, on Friday morning so that you have it uh, at any point during the weekend uh, so you can listen to it after you've gotten a chance to see the episode for yourself. The plan is that they're going to be uh, shorter episodes, uh, 20 to at most 30 minutes, uh, talking about specifically what just happened in the TV show. And um, so you have some context and some things like that. So that is, that is the plan. That's going to start here in a couple weeks because we're we're less than 10 days till the show, the, the first episode. Yep, it's getting really close. Yeah, I, I think that a separate episode, you know, as we as we've long ago cleared the hour mark again on this one it's almost a mercy rule type of thing where i think yeah i think we we have to have a separate episode if we can't be a little bit more succinct talking about the uh the things in, in the actual issues so we'll uh, we'll get ready and get started on that that's good what is in this in the stack for next week next week is two different series we're gonna have vengeance of the moon knight We'll get 10 issues of another Moon Knight dedicated series. And we're also going to take a quick look at Secret Avengers number 1 through 15, which is another team book where our, our man Moon Knight decides to try and do the team-up thing again. Uh, these books are the sort of the ones leading into what are going to be the most important ones. When Ellis takes over in 16 and 16 through 21, that'll be the week after. That's where this one really becomes important. We'll take a look at them just so we kind of get an idea of what's going on leading into number 16 the week after. All right, looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Phases of the Moon Knight podcast, where we'd love for you to stick around as we, you know, continue on our journey through the, the history of Moon Knight. Uh, we recommend you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player choice so that you get each episode as soon as it releases on Tuesday and and the TV show episodes that will release on Friday. Uh, if you are already subscribed, please consider leaving us a review. It'll help others find the podcast. You can send us questions or feedback uh, to the show via email. Uh, and that address is questions at phases of the moon night.com. And for updates on the show, as well as other announcements or to interact with us on social media, you can do that on Twitter. We are at phases of MK. All right, one more week closer to the TV shows uh, being live. I I cannot wait. I am very much looking forward to what we might see in the in the week ahead. Every every day, new stuff comes out, and I get more excited about it. This is going to be a really fun show. Looking forward to getting to uh, watch it and then visit about it with all of you folks. So, until next week, take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.